So Marie's a local counsellor therapist. We talk every couple of weeks about uh, this and that. Yep. And how how are people out there at the moment, Marie? Um, Based on, on your mm. radar? Yeah, I think a little bit anxious. Quite quite anxious, I think. A lot of yeah. people are... Um, I know you see more anxious people per week on average than the yeah, rest of us. But so that's pretty biased, isn't it, when you ask a counsellor how everyone is? Because um, yeah. I'm only seeing one portion of the, of, of the community. But, um, it's like police think the town's full of criminals. Well, it seems that way, doesn't it? At the, mo- <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, okay, let's not get into that. We can't uh, solve that one here. No, we can't. Um, well, not in the short term anyway. Yeah, I think people are its yeah, anxious, ruminating, overthinking things, sort of stuck in thoughts, you know, with uh, a lot of stresses, obviously, that are out there at the moment and relationships and just general life, happiness, just general happiness, actually, Aaron. Hmm. Okay. Well, we had a... Um this does kind of bring us into a, a headline we just saw on today's news on the RNZ website. Nearly 40% of people with mood with a mood disorder had worsening symptoms during the 2020 lockdown study. Um, but actually, well, I, I was a little bit upset about the use of the word mood disorder because I thought your mood is just your mood and you can't, you can't say... It's a disorder. Yeah, it's like... Well, we're talking about off the air. It's kind of an indicator of what's mm-hmm. happening. And if if you had if the red oil light comes on in your car, you don't say oh, I've got a, a a a red light disorder or a notification disorder. <laughs> you know, you say there's something behind that. So there's the not, red light is a, is an indicator, isn't it? That something's a, yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. And mm. I te- like this is this is not my idea. This is one I've heard elsewhere that our mood is an indicator, mm. and depression is an indicator, and it's not just. You know, a lot of a lot of our attempts to treat depression are just looking at the red light going off. If I if I snip the wire here, the red light won't light up anymore, and everything will be fine. Mm. Which, and in, in, if I was to um, decipher what you've just said, it's like, well, if I ignore it. <laughs> so you're saying if I ignore the mood, this is better than ignoring it. This is better than ignoring it. You're like cutting the wire, disconnecting from it. Disconnecting. Well, that's another. I mean, you can get disconnect from how you are truly feeling and pretend to be feeling something else, but you will, over time, teach yourself to be somebody you're not. And then we become... We're, well, we're just not, not feel... We're no longer authentic. I mean, that's what I learned as a boy growing up, hmm. was was don't have those feelings. Well, obviously, we, you know, all of us did in, in certain ways in those messages in our earlier years, and girls don't do this and boys don't do that. And, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, we've we've been learning over the... Um, generations, the language that we use that um, perhaps directs lives that isn't uh, so helpful now that we've realised, you know, that we've uh, our language um, has a big impact, especially on, on our young people, you know. Mm. The first probably word a child learns is no, maybe dad, <laughs> maybe mum, but, you know, what's going to – is no <laughs> – that's, you know. the, that's the pow- it's the first powerful word they learn to use. Like, it's yeah, well, it's, it's the one they hear. It's a revelation. Often, isn't it? When no, they, don't when touch. Or, they yeah. discover the power of no. Yes, absolutely. But And that's fine. I mean, our language is our language. But, um, yeah, there's certain types of um, labels that we might use um, without giving it much thought, like we do with the word depression or, or mood disorder. Um, as a counsellor, I look at that word mood disorder and I'm like, okay, it's, yeah, that's not really on my radar. It's not a, it's not a language I would use. No, I felt a bit affronted myself when I saw it. I was like, that's a bit, 
like we all have moods. Yeah, and we need to be very careful that we aren't um, dissecting ourselves so much that we have nothing left. To you know, it's, you, we can't say you know a mood disorder. Moods change all the time. We're in and out of different states of being. Is every bad mood a disorder? No. <laughs> No, I didn't, yeah, I didn't think I'm, you'd say I yes. Mean, it's, yeah, I, yeah, no, no. You're allowed to ha- have down moods and and happy moods and and silent moods and you know times when you want to reflect. And we don't need to be calling it a mood disorder. Um, I mean, it's nice to feel happy. <clears throat> it's always nicer to feel happy than sad. Well, I'd certainly like more happiness but, around us. But I we wouldn't ever call it a disorder just because we felt sad. Well, I think if we were more happy and content in ourselves, certainly um, life in general would be so much better, regardless of what's going on around us. If if we were, you know, it's so easy to to slip into, um, you know, sadness or um, wallow in our, uh, oh, I don't know, the things that are happening in our lives that we can't change. You're going back to ruminating again. <laughs> ruminating Which over things that, that, yeah, that, that are impossible for us to, to change anything about, you know, and so we can slump into a very um, unresponsive mood. You know, we're not really connecting with people or we're kind of maybe a little bit angry at times or... Um, yeah, but it's it's a mood. It will it will shift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's the, I think it's the I think it's the use of that label disorder to combined with a mood, which is something we're used to fluctuating. Mm. Well, if you look at the word disorder, you know it's out of order. That's all it's saying is your mood is out of order. But we look at the word mood disorder and we think, oh, there's something wrong with me. And, well, that, and well, that's, that's, what, that's what I mean, yeah. Like, like in the past people say, oh, you're in a bad mood and you might not like being told that, but you didn't, was, you didn't take it to heart. Whereas mm. if, you got, if you have someone in a white coat said to you, you have a mood disorder, <laughs> that's like a whole different scenario, isn't it? <laughs> well, it, it, we've just got to be, like, oh, be careful oh. how we want to box everything in. You know, and try and compartmentalise everything into a nice little neat compartment compartment, and go, well, now we can put you in here or we can put you in there, you know, depending on what, um, what, we're, what label we want to put on you and, and, and that's what we kind of sit under. I mean, if, if you're telling somebody you've got a mood disorder, we don't want to sit under that. We don't want to sit under the fact that somebody thinks that, you know, something wrong with us because we're not in a good mood. <laughs> You know, maybe we just need some time out or maybe we need to talk to somebody or maybe we need somebody to come into our life and bring some sunshine in, you know. Something that, <clears throat> something that worries me, and I'm not sure if this is a real issue or not, but um, hearing young, like the, the efforts to get young people to not do what my generation did and, and, and close off from their feelings, but to, to talk about their feelings, it feels like it might have gone too far into the into this into the into the labeling thing where mm. I've heard of kids who say I oh, you know they talk about I've got depression oh yeah um, and, and it feels like uh, it's quite I'm kind of struggling to, to say exactly what I mean it feels like they're making it's been made of a, a bigger deal than it should be mm. like mm. it's like it's normal to feel it's very common for people to have bad times mm. in our culture and then good times um, I don't 
I don't like the idea that at that young age they're like I've got depression yeah. and then you head off to get a pill for that. Yeah. Um I don't, I don't think I don't think that's a good outcome mm. of of trying to create like emotional literacy in in our in our young people. What's well, interesting is I'm hearing you say I've got that's um, not my phrase. I know. Yeah, yeah, that's the phrase that's, I heard. Yeah. yeah, that's what they would say. I've got. Yes, and that was depression. the phrase that kind of rang yeah. alarm bells for me. Instead like, of instead of you know I'm feeling down. Yeah. Or I'm feeling sad, or I'm feeling confused, or I'm feeling disconnected, or I'm feeling angry. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, instead of naming our feelings, which we've actually got it out of touch with, because we just say I'm. I'm you know, we will take on these labels, like um, the labels that are given to us from other people. You know, oh, you're depressed. You know, I've got depression. Well, no, you don't. You don't got depression. <laughs> you know, so when when a person says I've got depression, maybe ask them what 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 is that for you? What does depression mean? What does this depression mean for you? you know, tell me about your depression, because if Maybe they don't even know what that is. They I think just it's sat the, under that word. I think it's the messaging of the pharmaceutical industry. Mm. Whereas, like you say, as a counsellor, you're immediately, immediately like, okay, we need to be more specific and, and, and name the actual feeling that we have and then mm. go from there. Like mm. That's sort of what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. We've got yeah. to name some feelings in here because, um, well, f- feelings are attached to to situations and so if we can land on something we can land on a situation then we can we can look at that in in reality and maybe not look at it the way that they may be looking at it which is through um lenses that are distorted because of you know what's going on in their life so well that and that you mentioned what's going on in their life and we know that a lot of teens have real tough time during that period mm. um, I've like I got good grades at school I don't know what it's like to go through school being told after every test and everything that that you kind of you're not good enough like like that's gonna that's got to bring someone down mm. like you don't you you don't have depression you just have an environment that's telling you all the time that you're not good enough mm. and that can and that can lead to depression but it's not the problem's mm. not in the individual mm. at all I think we need to get a clear look on what depression is. You know, depression. Unfortunately, it's 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 been watered down. So now depression can look like somebody just being down. But actually, yeah. the, the 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 depression is you know not being able to get out of bed, wanting to stay in, uh, in in your room all day, not wanting to be around people, disconnecting completely, shutting yourself off, not wanting to involve yourself. Um, in, in others or having them involve themselves in your life, you know. So we, we, we tend to withdraw. Um, yeah, and so it becomes very gloomy. You know, deep depression is is, is something yeah. that um, obviously we don't want people to get to, but we don't want to be naming everyone having depression because they believe that they are depressed when actually it's, it's a, a circumstance or a situation. Yeah, I think one of the things that's gone really wrong, and it and it comes and it's come from the pharmaceutical industry's push to have a, a, a biochemical solution mm. to depression, is that it, it's become that the problem is in us as an individual, mm. and there's no. Um, questioning about the environment that mm. the people are in for that and and a lot of the time in fact i'd say most of the time people don't people don't spontaneously become depressed it's very rare no right D- is, just, is that no. yeah there's i mean you yeah you're talking to people all the time who are depressed and that's yeah 
Well, they come in with the maybe with the label of depression because they come through their doctors and, and some don't give a diagnosis, which is lovely, and they just might write other in there because they don't sit under any category. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, we do have these categories that, that we have to put people under. For the paperwork. <clears throat> for the paperwork, but yeah. then the client will hear that too um, and may take that on, you know, believing that they are depressed as such and and actually it's not about that you know they've got some situations in their life that need to be worked through that 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 are causing them grief uh yeah, and if anyone's wondering if I, does Aaron know what he's talking about saying this about the pharmaceutical industry, there are a couple of books I can recommend. Yeah, one called Anatomy of an Epidemic by mm. Richard Whitaker, and yep. another one, uh, Lost Connections by Johan Hari. Both talk about uh, the pharmaceutical industry's attempts to cr- basically create a physical disease out of out of depression and things like that. Yeah, and that we were for the sake of profits, of course. Yeah, and basically we were out of connection which is what we talk about often. Um, you know, we're, we're born to be in relationship, and if we're not in relationship, it's not a healthy place for us. Um, yeah, so a lot of the, especially the Lost Connections book, was, um, I, I just highly rec- recommend it if you're dealing with uh, depression or, or addictions in your life, to look at this and you'll change your idea around addictions and what the world view is of that and, and um, perhaps get a clearer uh, idea on, on what people are, are, are going through when you know, we label them with depression when actually um, they're, they're disconnected from life, disconnected from people, mm. uh, lonely, yeah. uh, isolated. Or maybe they've had, there's the other side of that, so much trauma in their life that they are trying to... Um, Dissociate from the the feelings that they do have. Yeah, which is a which is a solution in the in the moment. You can understand why people do Absolutely. it. Absolutely, why it, and sometimes why it happens. <clears throat> it kind of happens. It doesn't happen in, in a somewhat involuntary way as well. If it, especially when you're young. Well, like you don't you, know, you don't, don't sit there and go, mm, this no, hurts, I'm, so I'm going to dissociate. No, do you? not at all. And I don't think even as an adult we do that. We don't um, voluntarily do it. Uh, we do it because you know this is. We, we're feeling like we want to. We don't want to be with other people, so we disconnect. But it's it's and that's that's the hard part about depression is that it's once a person starts to pull away, unless somebody notices, nobody notices. So that's more important. Why, as a community, we um, need to be in community with each other so that we are, um, you know, aware of those other people in our community that may be on their own and, and just to say hi to them or just to be noticing those ones and um, around and about us, you know. Yeah, mm. yeah. So we were also talking about, or, or the, the discussion about this phrase, mood disorder and labels, um, and generally, like, I, I get the feeling from talking to you that a lot of, when a lot of your clients come to you that they they're applying labels to themselves or they're describing themselves in, in overly harsh ways? Well, <clears throat> they all have to fill out a form when they come. Yeah, it's either um, a form around depression or a form around anxiety. So there's just some questions on there that they would answer every time. Um, and so they, they come under one of those categories. Um, the other category would be other. 
<laughs> yeah. Which is a nice category to sit under. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's less, less, less of a heavy feeling. Um, yeah, and that all goes into report into a report at, at the end of um, my time with a client and goes back to the doctor. So there, there's a reason why there's a paper trail. And, yeah. I, and there needs to be a paper trail for us to be um, connected to our clients and making sure that we are you know, caring for them the best we, that we can. Uh, but going back to the labels, yeah, unfortunately, they, of course, they hear the word, you know, I've come in with depression or I've got anxiety. And for sure, they may have symptoms of either one of those uh, or both. <laughs> may look like a yes. mixture. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's more about the language I've got, you know. Um, and we do tend to say that we will, we will wear this as though this is who we are, you know. Mm. This is part of oh, depression lives with me, or this yeah, is part heavy. of my life, or um, you know. And it's hard to hear that coming from people when when you you know you want the best for them and you want them to realise actually it, it, there can be life after this, through this, and beyond this. Um, yeah, so. My question, I guess, is what do people think depression is and what do they think anxiety is and, and how do you see yourself in that? Uh, so that you, you can become more aware of yourself and what you are experiencing rather than looking at the, at the label and going, well, I'm depressed. You know, depression to me is something pressing in on you. That's, that's what it is for me. It's, and, and if there's something pressing in on you, it's because you, you haven't looked at it. You know, it's... it's 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 wanting to be noticed, and you're not wanting to notice it. So it's a bit like the the red light you were talking about. It's an indicator that yeah. something's not right. Yeah. Uh, it's not something that we have to live with forever and ever. Although some people out there might disagree with me and say, "Well, I've got depression. I'm going to live with it for the rest of my life." Well, well, there's the chemical <clears throat> the chemical imbalance theory, which mm. again, both those books actually show scientific evidence disproving mm. it. Mm. Um, but that is a uh, certainly, a, a feeling that a lot of people have, and certainly, a lot of people would freak out at the idea of just chucking away the antidepressants. Oh, you know, I wouldn't and, ever and, suggest yeah, that. Yeah, ever. no one, no one would ever suggest mm. that. Yeah, that's that's correct. No, um, I think that it's not the way to handle that situation. Mm, no, it, well, it's not. And um, yeah, I forgot where my train of thought was going to go. There, Aaron. <laughs> It went right off. <laughs> well, should we should we talk about um, like coming back to because labels is, is coming up. Mm. Um, people also use just negative labels on themselves, um, and I've got I've got this. Not just that, I've but I'm just that. I'm not good. You know, mm. like you you've got a lot of, and like you talked about last time about when you had when you're working at a school, and um, you called it. A strength-based mm. practice. You don't analyze well the, the kid and say, "Oh, you know, you've got this, you've got that." You just you actually work to boost them. Yes, um, yeah. and it sounds like a lot of adults need boosting as well. And in fact, that they're putting themselves down as much with their language as, as anything else. Wouldn't that be good if we started to recognise the language we use? <clears throat> English is a um, is a it's quite a intricate language. Sometimes it can have so many different meanings attached to it, depending on on what we the emphasis we give to it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the strength based practice. I wish we all worked from that. We could all learn from that one. Have a look at it. Look it up online. Strength based practice is all about looking at your strengths. So we're very eager to look at our weaknesses and pull them out. 
um, I've got this or I've got that, but what are your strengths, you know? And some people go, oh, I don't know, don't have any strengths, you know? And uh, Yeah, we can't even think of them. Can't think of them because we're so yeah. negative on ourselves. Yeah. Can't think of anything that, that is a strength. Um, and I would challenge that because I would be looking for the strength. So a kid might say to me, oh, I love going and helping mum in the kitchen cooking, you yeah. know? To me, well, then I would pick up on that. Oh, so you like cooking. Tell me about your cooking. What do you like to cook? And what's your favorite food? And what's the favorite thing you like to bake? And but I can imagine there's some pushback <clears throat> there. It's like, well, but I, that doesn't count. Like, I don't get very, you know, I don't get graded for that. My grades at school aren't very good. <laughs> I mean, so what if I'm helpful? That's, that's not as important as these other things. I know that that yeah. will, like, I'm yeah, not yeah, saying yeah, that at yeah. all. No, but, but, and, but and, I know and, that's out there. Yeah, and often we don't receive the affirmations that are coming because we're so used to heading towards the negative comments of what we're not doing well. We don't we don't absorb when somebody says, "Oh, you did that really well. Thank you for doing that," or "I really appreciated when you and you know all those lovely things." We don't we don't absorb them. We just and we're not very good as, like, as a culture at at we always want to like pick apart the things that have gone wrong. Like one of the pieces of advice for, for parents who've got kids playing sport is, is don't analyse their game and talk about all the mistakes they made in the car on the way home. Right. Like, you know. Yeah. But that's it's a real instinct, especially with guys. Well, I, like I certainly yeah, had yeah. it for a long time. It's really hard for me not to do that. Depending on how good your child is, if they're really good and have got a, they're comfortable with their abilities, then you can probably do that. Yeah, but when, m- most yeah. of them, especially the girls' teams I've coached, mostly you, you're trying to boost them. And it's not something that we do in our culture. I actually struggle to do that. I think we still sit under the tall poppy syndrome. Yeah, that's a bit of a... We're very careful. We don't want our kids to be show-offs. It's not, I don't know. It's just such a terrible way of... Um, yeah, it's not a perception we really want to have out there, eh, is that is that we're not very good encouragers. <laughs> we're not. Yeah. Uh, I... I no, we're not. Yeah, I see encouragement used in different ways, I guess. I can see uh, encouragement used as a, a manipulation sometimes to get people to do what you want them to do because they love encouragement, they don't get much of it, so when they get it, they're like, hey, yeah. you know, somebody sees good in me, and then and then that can be misused and manipulated, and, and that's just so sad and soul-destroying when that happens because in our world, there's not much genuine uh, encouragement where, you know, to give somebody a piece of encouragement that is genuine and no strings attached. You don't have to do anything for it. Yeah. <laughs> this is genuinely what I see in you is, is, uh, is an art. It's not something that we, we do easily uh, is to uplift somebody else because we feel by uplifting them we'll give them too much of a big head and then they'll be feel too good about themselves. Amazing, eh? That uh, imagine <laughs> if we all felt too good about ourselves. I wonder how, how what level we feel, would get to. But how do I wonder, you feel too good? Yeah, I mean, how how amazing would that be if if people actually saw the best in us and stopped looking at what we're not doing well and started to see what we are doing well? I think a lot of the time, that, like the people with giant egos. Usually when you look behind it, there's actually a, a deep insecurity there, isn't there? Like that's what I've tended to assume in, in later years. Well, the thing with big egos is that they, they, li- they do like to encourage people, but they don't like them to overtake them. No, well, yeah, but, the, yeah, yeah, but they, want, but like they, want, they want the positives. Or yeah. they only, 
uh, young. They want it back, but but people with big egos tend to like to stay stay in the spotlight. You know, yeah, so that, and isn't so that they an don't an, like the spotlight taken off them? And that, yeah. isn't that based on an insecurity though? It certainly can be, um, because they need affirmation to to feel that they're doing a, a good job. So they they would find it difficult to do something. Um, that others didn't see. So they're people who don't believe in themselves in reality. They could work on believing on in themselves, probably. Like, like um, that, their, their perception may may um, get destroyed quite easily if they aren't in the spotlight, getting getting the feeding that they need to, to for their yeah. self esteem. But you know that that's okay if if people personality types uh, need that. That that's not a bad thing. It's it's but can we share that? <laughs> that yeah, that's the question. Can isn't we it? share that with others? Can we allow others to grow and be their best me, you, whoever, yeah. um, and and watch them excel uh, without feeling like you know I need to do something now to just kind of knock them off at their knees a little bit so they're not so you yeah. know feeling so good about themselves. We've got a terrible culture in regards to um, seeing people do well. I think I've talked about this before. I remember going rock climbing overseas, and when I was younger, I used to do a bit of rock climbing. An American guy was belaying me, so I was the climb. I was the climber, and if you haven't been rock climbing, the person down the bottom holding the rope that protects you, that loops mm. through the top. And um, this American guy was just, like, like bigging me up all the way up there. It was, it was really awesome. It was, you know, it was completely different to climbing with a New Zealander. Really? Yeah. What was different about it? It was just, it was just all positive comments. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's doing, it's, doing great. Funny, it's awesome. We're not used to it. No, it was a real surprise, actually. Yeah. Like it was really noticeably different. Yeah, yeah. So, and we tend to look at Americans as being over the top. Like that's the thing I love about Americans. But, but that was like in that situation. <laughs> I love the loudness. Where support, where support was was beneficial. Um, it was awesome. Yeah. See, it was awesome. Yeah. We don't, and that tells me. I think that we we're, we're kind of like dry bones. New Zealanders, we're, we're a bit dry, you know. We're brittle, a little bit brittle. We haven't we haven't learnt how we've learnt how to annihilate each other, um, <laughs> and we, we've learned how to certainly put each other down in many cases. Um, but we haven't. It's it's yeah. When I look at it and and the sadness out there in individuals and relationships. It's it's painful because I'm not I don't hear any richness in our language, any affirmations or positivity. I think we, it's so ingrained as a child. Like when my when I had first had kids, I noticed that I would get anxious if they were doing things that might look showy or or, mm. were, or were different. And I realised that like I had all these, so I'd absorbed all these messages, mm. and then suddenly as a parent. It makes me anxious, and then I start reinforcing them in my own kids. Yeah, you know, or that you get really, somebody comes into your life and goes, "You're not strict enough on your kids. You need to put some." You know, oh, well, and people then, will give you all sorts of advice when you're a young parent, don't they? We they could do, do a whole. We could do a whole show on that. It's interesting how other people seem to know your kids better than than you do. Oh yeah, oh that's a <laughs> that's a fantastic line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> but it always amazes Cause that's me. Because that's a because that's a little supportive comment for young parents out there who are, who are getting grief from the grandparents or from the neighbours yeah. or someone yeah. who doesn't like the way they're doing it. Yeah, and people are very free with their advice when you're a young parent. I do remember that. So, oh yeah. yes, I remember yeah. when I. Um, so your comment do do they know your child better than you do? Yeah, no, they of don't. Not. You carried yeah. that baby. 
yeah. you know your baby. So, yeah, I mean, these kind of things are feeding back into, because honestly, we are in deficit. We are in the negative. We are, if, our, if I looked at our cup in New Zealand, I'd say it was probably, how much? If it was a big cup and you only got that much, what's that, about, about a third? A quarter? About a quarter full. We've Marie's waving her arms in front of me and I'm like trying to do mathematical estimations. <laughs> well, we've got, but, all I'm yeah. saying, we've got a long way to go to fill our cup up to where we're at, at our self-esteem is feeling good because honestly, we, we're, we're hanging our heads low. Uh, we need to be picking each other up. We need to be seeing the best in each other. Yes, there are bad things happening, and yes, people do bad things and all of that, but but honestly, we focus so much on that. It's, that's why we're doing all that stuff, because we focus in on it. But, you know, in the news, it amazes me. We hear all the bad news, right, in the news, and then they put the good segment um, in, in the news at the end, this good yeah. segment news story, which which I love. It's called the human always, interest, human yeah, interest and it section. it always makes me feel like, oh, so many, you know, it's great to see a good, that's what we say, it's great to see a good person out there. That's just one person. Like, there's thousands well, of us, what, like hopefully million. <laughs> it's a good time at the moment for that because they've just had the Queen's Birthday Honours list and that's usually, apart from a few business people who've basically bought their honour, most of them are people who've... Um, who've worked really hard their whole lives and yes. have contributed so much. Yes, and we need to honour them. Yeah, Why and I tell you what, we it, want to? It, mm. the, when Clint Baddeley got his, he, he said, because he was given um, the, all the letters of support yeah. to read. Oh, and how he was just Yeah, and he was just like, he's like, didn't realise, I can't remember the exact words, but something about people who, a lot of people had heard so many nice things to say about him. Oh. And that was, oh. and he was at, oh no, he already had cancer then, he was at the end of his life, and you know, he passed away a few months ago, but but still even then, at, at that end of your life, it's still nice it to have those affirmations. Well, it gives us Dr. Feelgood feelings, yeah. which is, is different than the um, you know, anxiety no, that we d- get. It's different to anxiety, yes. <laughs> it's different. A little bit. <laughs> we don't get enough of it. You know, I remember um, doing something in a group years ago where we had to write something nice. About, it was a Christmas thing, and we had all the Christmas decorations, and we had to, we had personal Christmas decorations that were ours, and, and then... We had to write our name on it, and then they were given out, and somebody had to write something nice about you on there, and then stick it back on the tree, and then you would go and find your little Christmas decoration with what somebody had written about you. And oh my gosh, I mean, we're talking probably 15 years ago, and that still has an impact on me. Somebody said to me, oh, Marie, I really love your, your smile. And I thought, oh, I didn't even know anyone even noticed my smile, like. Yeah, and it had an impact on me because nobody had ever said that to me. And for somebody like me who, because um, I'd been through abusive relationships, yeah. I had to have my front two teeth capped because oh. they, they were... Um, Broken. Well, they were dead, you know, and they were going black. Because I'd yeah, oh. I'd been in an abusive relationship. It was pretty bad. So yes. and I got and so I didn't smile a lot in my younger teenage years, twenties, and stuff mm. like that. A lot of the pictures I wouldn't smile, and um, then I had my teeth fixed. ACC, thank you, ACC, fixed my teeth, <laughs> fixed um, your smile. Yeah, and 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 I started, and I remember my mother noticing me smiling in a in a photograph. And I was like, yeah, I can smile, you know. Um, and for her to say that to me 
had a huge impact on me. She didn't even realise how much of an impact that had on me. Um, and that's, what, 15 years ago. Do you know, I, have a, I, have a, <laughs> I can think of a similar thing, except that somehow that went wrong. It was at a school camp, and the, the teachers broke us into groups, and we, was, we had a piece of paper stuck to us, and everyone was supposed to go around and write something nice on everyone else's piece of paper, and, and you had to have a minimum of three comments. Oh. Yeah, but it, it backfired because some kids got lots. I, mean, the, if you, like, I was like, I only got three. <laughs> and, like, it's, and it was all, but that and it shows was, me how probably empty you were for the need of more. Well, yeah, mm. and it was like, well, they had to do it, and I only got three. So the only people who, from my perspective, who, who got complimented were the ones who got more than three. Uh. And then there was one boy who couldn't write nice stuff right. and went around writing jokey insults. <laughs> and I thought, that's there's some material there for Marie. <laughs> <laughs> to talk about, like he just couldn't, he couldn't write anything oh, nice. That's so, isn't that? I mean, that's quite stark, isn't it? For yeah. me, if I was that teacher and and I saw that this child couldn't read, uh, couldn't write one thing nice, I, my warning bells would be going left, right, and centre. <laughs> be like, oh. But what can you do as a teacher? Like you've got thirty kids in your class. I'd probably start encouraging him. I would. That, that I would be as a teacher. Um, even though that might be difficult when you've got a child that is acting out in front of you, um, the more that you can fill that, that empty cup, the better, the better. Look yeah. for their strengths. Look for what they're doing well. Look for their, look for their smile. Look for their thank yous. Yeah, the smallest of things. Oh, well done for saying thank you. That's so nice of you. You guys, you know, just really... L- Lather it on. You can't overdo this stuff. You really can't. You know, when when, when I was younger, we were told, you know, um, don't hold your, your baby too much. You know, you, it was almost like you weren't supposed to love them so, you know, yeah, yeah. you'd overdo it. Yeah, yeah, and they'll be no wonder, no wonder we've got the culture we've got. If yeah, that's, that's where we, brats is we what came that, from. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll, and yes, and yeah. I, it was weird. And, and so I was a solo mum. I was like, heck, I'm holding this, this baby was close to me. <laughs> Everywhere. Or the idea that the baby's going to manipulate you. Like it's a yeah. baby, its brain is not developed yet. It's I know. We were told some really uh, unhelpful things. Yeah, and um, that is changing. Like there was different advice absolutely. available to some of us so, 20 so years let's ago. Just, let's just land on that a little bit. Is Don't take everything so seriously that is coming from our generations. You know, like challenge some of the... Challenge some of the um, the teaching or the logic behind the things we're saying and use your instincts. You know, and I think that's another thing we're losing is our instincts because we, we want everyone to give us the answers and everyone else knows more than we do. But your instincts, uh, if you're in tune with yourself, will give you an indicator of something's feeling right or not. And, and check in with that. That's going to be your first port of, should be your first port of call rather than somebody else. Yeah, and it's just... I mean, in some ways, raising a baby and raising kids is easy. It's just if you don't know what to do, what is the most loving thing to do, mm. I would say. But I came, But the reason I came to that is like like reading about lots of stuff about, about raising kids and, and there's newer evidence and I, don't know, I can't remember the details, but every time I read something, the conclusion was, I was like, oh, there's scientific evidence and you should do this. And that, actually, that's the most loving thing to do. And they kept happening repeatedly. Mm. Kept saying, you know, when they've done this research and this what this is what happens. And, oh, that's the most loving thing to do. Mm. So it's, if, if in doubt, just as a parent, go with what's the most loving thing to do. That's and, such and, a, and it's not yeah, to keep the beautiful. ego down. Keeping the ego down is not the most yeah. loving thing you can do. 
And, you know, ego is something that, we, well, that I use a lot of. And, and I use that phrase as, mm. like, I'm, overuse, I'm using it the way out there. Like, we, we desperately don't mm. want our kids to have big egos, but I'm kind of using it in that context. Mm. Obviously, we've got to have a healthy egos, ego. Egos, personalities. Mm. Again, we can get stuck on this, this big ego thing. Is it the tall poppy syndrome we're worried about? You know, what is this? Uh, you know, people can have big egos, and, and even... Even I've been thinking a lot about this lately, ego. and Ego is not a bad thing. Ego can, can motivate us to, to go forward if we have a good, healthy ego. It's when, it's, when our ego is, is not healthy um, and it's used to control and manipulate others to get our own way, you know, because we've got such a big ego, we can do whatever we like. <laughs> we can, you know. But I think, we have, I think if, 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 you, if you did a study, you'd see that, the, the issue of an underdeveloped ego was far more of a problem in this country than an overdeveloped yeah, ego. Yeah. Far more people with yeah. underdeveloped. Who, Maybe who, we should start saying like big personality types or big personality. Well, I just keep coming back to the like, and I know I'm not the, I'm not the expert here, um, mm-hmm. but I keep keep sensing that the people who like who we look at and go, they've got an ego. They're actually and they're promoting themselves all the time. That's actually a sign of a of an insecurity. Again, I'm not the expert, but that's just what I keep feeling. It, it can. I think it depends on how that comes across, yeah. uh, Aaron, because you can get um, people who really believe in their vocal ability and and will be out busking on the streets and look like, you know, and, and be quite vocal and loud and, and, yeah. and might seem like they're quite big personality, big ego people. But actually, it's healthy. They know who they are. They know their talents. They know their gifts, and they're working in them. and And that's a great thing. We want to celebrate that. Yeah. the The other type of ego is the one the ones who stand on people to get where they want to get to, yeah. um, regardless of how that's affecting other people. Have no concern for others, and basically, um, yeah, are stepping onto the top of the pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or certainly aren't see, at the bottom holding it all up. <laughs> and see, and see, life as a pyramid too, I suppose. Well, have have a need to be there, have a need yeah. to be um, seen and noticed and and adored in some way. Um, yeah, that's 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 big ego being fed, but yeah. um, that's okay too if you can recognise it. Then you, then you just got to learn how to work with that kind of uh, an ego. It's just not a bad thing. Um, but so it's only bad if we allow it to be bad. But that's the minority compared to the amount of people who who have all this negative self talk. I've heard that phrase, yeah. and are always putting themselves down. And yeah. and you've and you've had to confront that. Like that's you talk. We go yeah. back to the uh, what did you call it? The strength based practice when you're yeah. working with teenagers and kids and adults. I'll work use this. Yeah, yeah, mm. and and trying to deal with when your clients come in and they're really down on themselves, mm. and you try to give them a compliment and it doesn't get through. Like you've been well, I might that question some of the things that they 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 are saying that are so negative about themselves. Like, and and I might even say something like, "Would you, you know, would you talk to anyone else like that? You know, if this is your friend sitting in front of you, and she was saying this about herself. What would your reaction be to that? Yeah. <laughs> and we know your reaction wouldn't be good. You'd be like, "No, that's not true. None of that's true." Like, you'd want to feed back um, some some positivity towards that person um, so we can be our own worst enemy we can be we can attack ourselves uh, simply by what somebody else has said to us and then 
believe it. That's the sad thing. Yeah. It's not even challenge that, but believe it. And I, I think that's uh, we, we've we've kind of moved into this without any um, resistance to it. And, and I think it's because we believe that if we stick our head up, we're a tall poppy and we need to get knocked down, you know. Uh, we, we've got this belief in us. We need to, well, it'd be healthy for us to shift that if we all kind of had a revelation of this isn't the truth. Tall poppies, there is no tall poppy syndrome. It, it's it's a lie. Well there, well, there is a syndrome, but there are no tall poppies. No, and I, and I and you get one shot at this life. Wouldn't wouldn't why wouldn't you want to try and do your very best in it? And that doesn't mean getting to the top of the the pyramid. That means actually being part of this whole thing that we're doing, which is life and being in it and, and involving yourself, regardless of what's happening around you. That it's all part of the experience, even though it might be uncomfortable. And, and not feel great all the time. It's still experience. <laughs> You're still experiencing life. Um, it's not the end. And, and often we feel like it is the end. If I lose my job, if I lose my house, if I lose this, you know, it's the end of everything. It's the end of me. It's not. It's you, you're part of a journey. We'll keep going and see what's going to happen. The story hasn't finished yet it's not the end of the book <laughs> yeah. you've got another chapters you've got many chapters to go and who knows what can happen in those chapters life doesn't have to be this oh my gosh doomful forever and and that's what makes people not want to be here mm. because why would we want to it doesn't feel very nice um and that's not the truth it's still a beautiful place to live and we've still got lots to live for um, but we've got, to, we've got to move past the things that people have put on us, the labels, the conditionings, the negativity. Move out of that and start to believe who we are and, and live out of that rather than what's been put on us. Mm. Seems like a good place to finish. Amen. We've hit 10 o'clock. <laughs> and uh, folks, we've been talking to Marie Harworth, local counsellor therapist, as we do every second Wednesday. Thank you for coming in. You're welcome. And uh, we'll see you again in a couple of weeks.